This is Stacy Wilson. It is 2.34 on July 18, 2012. Um, I'm interviewing Lulu Flores at the Austin History Center in the reception room for the Emma S. Barrientos Mexican American Culture Center Oral History Project. Okay. What is your full name? Maria Luisa Lulu Flores. <laughs> When and where were you born? I was born in Laredo, Texas, uh, September 27th, 1955. Uh, okay, when did you move to Austin? I moved to Austin in 1975 to go to undergraduate school at the University of Texas. Oh, okay, and did you stay on campus or did you stay in other places? I actually lived on an off-campus apartment. Oh, okay. Um, I was already a junior. <laughs> Were you involved in, in cultural organizations while attending UT or any other Latino arts organizations? No, not at the time. I was pretty intent on studying and getting good grades so I could get to law school. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so who influenced you the most to join about, well, I'm a, let me backtrack. When did you first hear about the creation of the MAC? Well, probably I began um, dancing in the Roy Lozano's Ballet Folklorico of Texas in uh, 1983, 1984. So probably um, a couple of years before that, I was, uh, I followed the company. My sister had danced with them and so met Emma Barrientos and of course knew Gonzalo Barrientos, our, our former state senator, um, because I had uh, been active on his campaigns. So, of course, Emma was very involved in getting the MAC, the concept of the MAC, and along with other uh, leaders in Austin. So, probably uh, got more intimately aware of it and involved uh, after I joined the ballet company in 1983. Okay. How long did you stay with the ballet company? I danced through, I believe it was, uh, don't quote me on this, probably 1994, and then it just, I was with them about no, it was longer than that because I was with them almost 12 years. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so maybe more like 96 when I finally threw in the towel and said it's time for the younger dancers to take over. <laughs> started, they, I started traveling more and it was really difficult to, you know, for the rehearsals and oh, to be yeah. able to, they were doing more and more performances, so, you know, it was kind of tough to keep up. Yeah. But, you know, and I was getting older. <laughs> I didn't start dancing until I was 29, so oh, okay. I learned the folklorico from Roy. And just because I'd always wanted to do it, and so I thought, yeah, I'm going to do this as an older woman. <laughs> and it was fun. That's good. Um, were you part of the groups that were working to have the MAC built? Yes, I, uh, in 1992, uh, you know, the first uh, bond election, I know I was uh, working with them to, first of all, I think, to get the initiative put on the ballot. Originally, uh, we were involved in that, and I know that. We were trying to get, I think it was the same time that the SOS um, pop, uh, program was trying to get on on, a, on the ballot, and uh, I think we were working in coalition with that group. But yes, I remember working alongside Emma and Elisa May and, and several other you know, Latinas and Latino leaders um, to first of all get the initiative on the ballot and then try to get it passed. Okay, well, what's the SOS? Save Our Springs, uh, they had a, an initiative as well, the Barton Springs Coalition to mm -hmm. save the springs. And, but I think they passed and we didn't. We lost narrowly, and, 
their initiative got got through, I believe. My history serves me right. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever considered serving on the Mac board? Well, um, I haven't really. I was pretty much uh, on, on the, well, I was on the Mexicarte board of directors for almost 10 years, and I'm still an honorary board member of that. Um, so, uh, and so didn't really have the time, and, and, and in essence, we were doing a lot of things in, in coordination with the MAC. Mm -hmm. So, I was already on a, a cultural arts uh, board at the time, so yeah. um, who knows in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who in, or what influenced you most to join and help out with the MAC? Well, like I said, Emma Barrientos and, uh, was a big influence. She was a, you know, she was a parent of, of, of the dan uh, some of the dancers in the company. Oh. So, Alicia, when I joined the company, she was young, uh, one of our young stars. She was an excellent dancer and had been dancing since she was a little, little girl. So, oh. basically... Um, so Emma and of course Gonzalo were very involved in in the company and as well as the arts in Austin and uh, the Latino arts, and so you know since I worked closely, I worked in the legislature as well. So I knew Gonzalo, the, the senator, then representative, then senator, very well. And so that family, I think, is probably how I became more mostly involved, and through Roy Lozano and and the other groups that. You know, we were always struggling as a dance company to find studio space and, you know, rents, even though <laughs> rents are now atrociously high. Back then, for a, a fledgling dance company, um, it was tough to rent studio space. And so we were yearning for, an, you know, the center, which would, you know, have uh, the ideal thought would be it would have studio space that companies could go rehearse and we wouldn't have to. I mean, we, we, we actually rehearsed sometimes when we didn't have a studio. We were at Allison Elementary in the school cafeteria or in oh, Allen okay. Elementary in the, in the school auditorium. You know, we would use, I mean, when, when we were down and out and, and didn't have the money to pay for, like, we had a studio on, on South Congress there for a little while, a little studio. That was a luxury. Uh, now I think Roy has a home that they found more upper, upper, you know, northeast Austin. But, you know, it was always a struggle. And there's lots of uh, Latino arts organizations like that that dance and, you know, visual arts and other arts organizations that um, struggled and were looking for at least to have a home where, you know, it could be shared space. And so that was, you know, the idea to, like, kind of bring it all together and, and share and allow these community groups to, uh, to be able to flourish. Okay. Um, you said you were a board member of the Mexic Arte Museum. They were, they were formed at the same time as the MAC was trying to form. Are there any differences in between the way the MAC went about it and the way Mexic Arte did, where Mexic Arte got, actually got established first? Well, Mexic Arte Museum was the, uh, the vision of, of three artists. Uh, uh, Silvia Orozco, who's still the current ar artistic director of Mexic Arte Museum. Uh, uh, Pio Pulido, who was also an artist, and uh, Sam Coronado, who is a is an art local artist, um, established local artist. They they co-founded it because at the time they're more into the visual arts, you know, more specifically uh, the visual arts and uh, fine arts. Uh, Sylvia and Pio had, you know, studied in Mexico City. Sylvia had gotten her her BA in fine arts here at UT, and then moved on to the UNAM in Mexico City and met Pio there. And so they were just saying how, you know, they were exposed to, you know 
wonderful art, uh, beautiful museums in Mexico City, and, and yet, um, and, and back in Austin, there was really no real awareness of, of, of the amazing art that uh, Mexican artists uh, had, you know, you know, we just didn't have any exposure here. So what they decided is by bringing pieces of art in within their suitcases, they met artists over there who contributed and were the first pieces of the permanent collection for the museum. So it was done in a different way. They started in a little warehouse as well, uh, did a Day of the Dead. It was kind of a cultural um, uh, arts uh, component to it as well because we still are doing the Day of the Dead yeah. uh, parade and the altars exhibits. But, but it, it more veered into the more visual arts and so just um, its focus was a little more different and I think it was, it, it just was put together by you know, a group of local artists that uh, just sort of hung in there. Uh, the, the cultural center was a bigger, I think it was a bigger nut to crack and so it was, it was larger and more ambitious and it was gonna require you know, space and money to build and so it was just, I think it was just because Sylvia, they started very modestly but then grew mm -hmm. through the generosity of some artists that they knew and just started collecting. Um, and I guess, you know, just, uh, and also I guess the, the directorship of Sylvia, who is very tenacious and very dedicated and very focused, um, you know, just kept with it uh, throughout this entire time that she's been with it, almost 30 years now, um, you know, so, uh, its core mission was, you know, more focused. I think, and so yeah. I think it was just. It was. It's never easy because I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's struggled as well for yeah. funds, etc. But it's um, it's been able to maintain its programming, etc. Through a lot of hard work of of the community. Yeah. Um, how did you become involved with Mexican Art Day? And have you served, like, have you served any areas besides the board, or? Um, well, yeah, I started uh, first, uh, got involved, Sylvia, you know, I knew Elena Diaz was the president for like 10 years early, early on in Mexico Arte's early history. Mm -hmm. Of course, I knew Sam Coronado and, you know, throughout the community and knew Sylvia. And uh, I was busy dancing, but yeah. at the same time exposed to that in fact, I think we actually, danced at Mexicarte once and a, a, a fellow friend who's an artist had an exhibit and wanted us there. But, um, so there was a little bit of, there was that cross-pollination. But, um, so that's how I was exposed to it, exposed to the exhibits early on. Uh, but then Sylvia, through her tenacious nature, um, you know, wanted to me to, at the time we're looking at trying to expand and, 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 and do more for the building uh, and uh, wanted to uh, get a, uh, capital campaign going. So there was a, a, a group that she had, an advisory committee that she was forming to try to start looking into that, to, to try to expand the museum and get and raise money for it. And uh, so she just kind of approached me and, and uh, had a lot of irons in the fire, but I kind of put her off for a year. And then I finally <laughs> joined that committee. And then it wasn't, I think it was the, the following year, a few months later, I, I was actually asked to serve on the board of directors and I did. And then from there, it was, an, it was a jump, easy jump. I, because I was so involved in the legislature, mm -hmm. became vice president of the, their public affairs, legislative affairs, and, and then, you know, before I knew it, I was president, and I was there for five years <laughs> as president. But uh, uh, 
but that's how I initially got involved, and it was because I think Sylvia, I, I joked at her that she stalked me for about a, for about a year. <laughs> and then I, uh, and I relented. I was like, no, I'm on this board and that board and other boards because I was also in the, I'm involved in the political and, you know, so, and other arts. I was in, on a theater board as oh. well, uh, Live Oak Theater, which is now the State Theater. But, you know, so... But there was just a lot of involvement in other community activities, Planned Parenthood. So then, always had my plate full. But then I, I finally, you know, had some time and decided, okay, this is a, a good time for me. Mm -hmm. And it was very rewarding. That's good. Um, while serving on a Mexican Art Day board, were there any problems that the museum encountered which might have had an impact on the future of the museum? And how are these problems overcome? Well, as I said, you know, problems are always financial. Yeah. Um, it's always hard running any nonprofit, so the challenge has always been, you know, where do you raise the funds to keep, you know, the museum open, keep going. I mean, we've been very, Sylvia, again, very creative <laughs> in her approaches and the, the few, uh, previous boards and our board and, and, the, and, the, and the current board continue to, you know, use creative means to um, raise money and to also leverage, you know, the museum's position. Um, utilizing our you know legislative skills and uh, we you know we were able to uh, you know well first of all be prior to me when Nilda de la Yata was board president I was serving on the board we were able to get the current location uh, we were renting at the time and we were uh, able to negotiate with the city to actually allow us to do a, a lease purchase a purchase in exchange for programs so that's currently how we own our place we owe the city, uh, we, we signed a, a contract where we provide arts for uh, disadvantaged kids and, uh, um, to, and we do a two-week exhibit of their art every year. And uh, so that was one creative way to leverage and, and, and actually become owners of our current home. And then, and then in the and then after that, you know, always we, the dream is to build a new building mm -hmm. and raise the funds. But at the same time, you have to raise money for operations. So it's always been a challenge, you know. Um, but getting close, edging closer and closer. And I think in 2006, in the bond election, which the MAC was also on for getting additional funds to uh, finish out Phase One, um, we were able to get on that bond election and. Uh, and, and uh, we're still trying to utilize those funds uh, to, to build a new, a new building in our current location. Yeah. Um, can you attribute the success of the Mexican Art Day with the passage of the five million funds from the 2006 bond election? Say that one again. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of can rough for me too. I kind of alluded to it earlier, but. Yeah, uh, uh -huh. um, uh, would you say that the 2006 bond election uh, attributed to the success of the Mexican Art Day Museum currently? Yeah, and you know, we actually at the time, you know, we, as I said, we had to be creative and think out of the box. And yeah. at the time, you know, the MAC had gone through it, they got their initial funding through, I think it was a 1998 bond election, to finally be able to, uh, you know, begin the building and break ground there. Um, we were able to uh, secure um, $10 million, I think, that year. So, but it took a while to still build it and use those money. So I think it wasn't until 03. Uh, yeah, we got postponed, it kept postponing it and we finally broke ground in 05. We said, you know what, if we don't use this money, start now, we're never gonna get it done. And so that was in, uh, like I said, in 
five. Um, Mexicarte in the 06, as I said, phase one was being built and, the, and it still needed funds. So in, in 06, both the MAC and Mexicarte got put on the bond. The art, it was a, the proposition four was the, the proposition that, that funded arts and cultural centers and mm -hmm. libraries, et cetera. So we were very active and worked very closely with the, the MAC board for that. And actually, we had the ideas like, wow, it's taking so much money to build phase one and we still have to do two and three. We thought at the time, well, maybe it would be a good idea if we joined forces and perhaps built the museum on the side of the MAC mm -hmm. and have a visual arts, fine arts museum, as well as, you know, um, auditorium, you know, building the, the big theater yeah. and also having the current phase one, which has got a small theater and, you know, small exhibit space and administrative offices. Um, so we were going at that route for a while, but then we, we both decided, no, the MAC needs to be built according to its original vision in Mexicarte. Um, you know, different boards, you know, have decided, you know, our presence downtown really, you know, speaks for our community as well to have that downtown presence. And so, you know, being torn between whether we put it all together in one place or, yeah. or keep it downtown. So I think currently, I think we're back to staying downtown and obviously we still need our, we have our work cut out for us to finish the final two phases of the MAC. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on the failure to pass the 1992 bond election which would have given funds to build the MAC? Any thoughts? Well, you know, I alluded to, we had, you know, we thought if we, you know, join forces with, you know, the, the, the liberal elements in, in the Austin, because they're usually, they were very um, adept at, you know, getting out the vote. So, you know, we kind of, I thought, you know, I, if I'm remembering correctly, you know, cut a deal, say, okay, you help us with ours, we'll help you pass yours. And, you know, they were successful, we weren't. So, you know, and, and but I think there's just, you know, the environmentalists are very strong and active in Austin and, and, and Barton Springs and the Springs is yeah. like, a huge, uh, I mean, that's a, a jewel of the city and, and you can't, you know, it's like Town Lake, you, you know, you just can't give that up. So I think there was just more, you know, impetus for that. The cultural arts, people don't tend to want to fund the arts unless you're a big philanthropist. And Austin um, hasn't really had, you know, old money, etc. where, you know, philanthropy is more of a new thing, giving yeah. money. And, and giving money to the arts is hard. I think people see it as a, a luxury as opposed to necessity, which I, I don't share that view. Uh, you know, raising awareness of culture and, and artistic expression is, is very important. So I think that's, you know, part of the reason, you know. Um, I, our, you know, our community uh, traditionally doesn't get out to vote as, 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 as much as it should, so, but I'm not gonna blame it on, you know, the fact that the Hispanics didn't come out. But that might have played a fact that, well, it's gonna be, you know, people tend to view it as, Mexicarte and the MAC, you know, only, you know, benefiting the Hispanic community. Well, it, it's not true. I mean, our museum educates the entire public. Mm -hmm. It teaches everybody about, you know, the importance, uh, as well as raising the cultural identity of, of Latinos mm -hmm. and, and uh, Latino children and learning about their culture. I mean, but it's beneficial to everybody, as is any, you know, cultural museum like the Carver, et cetera, yeah. that, that shares, you know, cultural awareness I mean, that helps build bridges and bonds. And so, but you know, trying to get that 
to the electorate and, 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 and even with, you see it even in funding for schools and yeah, education funding in, in general, you know, they tend to cut the arts first because mm -hmm. they don't see the value and the importance of, of the arts, but it, it's been shown that, you know, that's one way to reach children who yeah. don't just, you know, get the math and science. I mean, bringing art into it can help sure. them learn. So, you know, I think there's just a, the bias necessarily uh, toward you know towards seeing you know arts as something that is frivolous or yeah. a luxury, uh, as opposed to you know the hardcore environmentalist group <laughs> that want to save Austin you know and, and save you know uh, Barton Springs as a very emotional subject. So you know I mean that's a very long-winded answer, but I think <laughs> uh, I think that's just part of the history of Austin. It's just yeah. had a traditionally a very strong environmental um, a component who are activists and do get out to vote mm -hmm. uh, and you know and we're we're more the sleeping giant so finally and uh, when it was successful in 98 you know we were able to uh, you know get more ganas and get it yeah. out there and put it before the community yeah. it's but it's like it's true what you said about the arts I remember in like biology I'm a visual learner, so when we had the projects where we had to draw stuff, like I got it just like that, mm -hmm. where I was reading it, it was like, mm. Mm -hmm. So, um, what was your early vision for the MAC? Did it change over, to, over time, and if so, why? Um, my personal vision or mm -hmm. the community vision? I mean, I think it's changed over time. I remember <laughs> Valerie Menard and um, uh, Kathy Vasquez sitting there with her little, you know, cardboard rendition of the Mac, raising <laughs> money for it everywhere they could go at every event that the Fiestas Patrias everywhere have, sitting there, you know, collecting nickels and dimes and jars and, you know, come on, we got to make this vision, passing out flyers. They were, I mean, Kathy and, and Valerie and, and a whole uh, bunch of other people were very, very tenacious in, in getting this dream built. And so, as I said, you know, we had to scale down, had to, um, okay, now it's broken into phases. Once they had this, you know, beautiful rendition of, of three building, uh, well, four, three and a half, I guess, with a crescent, so it's actually four buildings. But, you know, it's had to undergo transitions from the beginning. Um, right now, um, you know, and, and part of the thing to keep it open and keep it funding, funded is, you know, we're having to rent it, it's being used by the parks and recreations department as basically renting it out to everybody in every community group. So it, you know, but in order to keep it open and try to, you know, continue to have opportunities for our community, mm -hmm. uh, we've had to, you know, share the space more with yeah. the rest of the community as a, as a regular part. And so that's just part of, you know, the realities of, of the funding, you know. Um, so the city, you know, we need to get them to become, uh, I mean, it's tough with tight economies, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, finances being what they are. And again, even the bias of the cities towards, you know, funding for cultural arts versus funding for, you know, roads and bridges and things oh, like yeah. that, you know, and public safety and those kinds of things, you know, um, it's, it's a hard struggle. It's always an uphill struggle to try to get the money. So, you know, to every, you know, in my lifetime, will we complete all three all three phases? I don't know. Maybe the second phase would be nice yeah. to at least get that you know the, the bigger auditorium, etc., and maybe more studio space for some of the small companies who 
have had to, you know, hold back on their dream. I mean, there's yeah. there's somewhat of that, but not really to the extent that, you know, it was the original dream to have, you know, a facility gotcha. that could serve, you know, all those small community groups. So the need's still there, had to, you know, it's been put on hold for a lot, but, you know, at least uh, a partial um, uh, realization of the dream is, I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, the community was very excited when we opened and, and did the opening ceremony, but, you know, there's still work to be done to, to, to get it, and, you know, certain things have to be put on hold and because of the realities of the you know, financial, the economic yeah. situation. Um, did you attend the opening reception of the MIC on September 15th? Yes, I did, and I attended the dedication to Emma when they dedicated it uh, and named it for Emma Barrientos as well. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of gone full circle, been around. It was, it was exciting to be there and be a part of that. It's like, wow, you know, you know, here it is, finally. Um, I watched the Matt Grant opening DVD. I was also at the groundbreaking when we went over and just, it was a, you know, patch of, you know, I mean, it was next to what used to be the city's, you know, they stored, I don't know, heavy equipment and things right by Town Lake. And, mm -hmm. and we went and uh, I think the fear was that, oh my God, we're going to lose this if we don't just break ground and say we're going to get started, even if it's symbolic. Uh, and then, you know, we actually literally break ground with the backhoes and everything because we were hearing rumors, oh my God, it's going to become uh, a, a skateboard park and they're going to do this and they're going to use that land, you know, because we'd been holding it, you know, and, and city councils over the, you know, since the 80s had been designating the site and we were very nervous that, oh boy, and as, as you know, now, Glad we did break ground when you did and open it because now you have all the high rises and they're swallowing up Town Lake, which of course I'm, you know, I'm very leery and nervous about and work with a group Save Town Lake <laughs> to not have the encroachment. But you know, um, I especially the south side of the uh, of of Town Lake because they're they're wanting to. I mean, the north end is is downtown and it's close in, but you know. I'm glad we actually did break ground and did that because, you know, developers would have snatched it up as yeah. prime property, and so we were fortunate to have done it when we did it. Um, when I was watching the DVD, many of the speakers referred to the MAC as promoting music and art, celebrating diversity and integration, bringing progress and prosperity to the community, preserving and sharing Mexican heritage for future generations, and that the MAC itself involved people coming together over one idea over time. Are these statements in line with the original concept for the MAC? Mm -hmm. I think um, originally it was seen as a, a place to celebrate community, for the community to have a place you know, to go. I know Fiesta Gardens was deemed as, you know, basically where we had a lot of our events, but having the MAC uh, has been a, we've been able to, to, you know, to bring the cultural aspect and have a, you know, permanent location for there to be exhibits, for there to be, you know, dances, for there to be community events um, in one location and to have, you know, sort of the pride of the Hispanic community be, you know, placed in one, in one, uh, in one location that, you know, you can uh, continue to, you know, celebrate, learn, about our culture, um, it's um, it's good. It's good to have a home, 
yeah. for all of that. Yeah, every everybody, yeah, every community needs sort of a home, and uh, we were sort of, we didn't have that. We were kind of gypsies in our own town. Kind of, we had to go from place to place, and having that, and you know, and the possibility for even more in the future is is good. You know, same with Mexicarte. You know, having. And again, while the MAC does have, you know, visual arts, exhibits, et cetera, I mean, we see it as a, as a complement to what we do. Um, you know, there's um, uh, arts education in both institutions uh, and, uh, you know, that, that complement each other. And so, um, you know, and, we, and like, you know, some of us say, you know, we don't only need one spot. You know, we you know we make up a, a very large percentage of this community yeah. and a growing percentage of this community. So, the fact that you know, sort of like having one city council person, the way it was, before, you know, one designated spot for this and one designated spot for that. It's all you get. <laughs> you know, it's kind of part of the old Austin history. It's like, you know, it's so you know, what's wrong with us having you know uh, more of a representation of what we've provided for and given to this community. So uh, I think there's definitely room for both and there's need for both and so and we'll continue to work together to, um, you know, to get both dreams visit, uh, realized. Yeah. And the MAC still has several phases to go before the center is complete. Do you think that the Austin community will be supportive in the passage of the bonds? Well, like I said, you know, economic times, it's, it's, it's always, you know, the process is a, is a fight. You know, this time there's some, uh, a small percentage of the, of the, of the current 2012 uh, bond is, is going towards the arts, but very little, you know, I think. And, and again, it's that, like, that struggle and attention I talked about earlier mm -hmm. in terms of what do you fund? You need, yeah. you know, bridges and parks and this and that. And, you know, the arts tends to, you know, just always get shrunk down. I mean, there's always good intentions, but, you know, then there's never enough money to go around. You know, some people are critical that we're even going out for, you know, other bond, you know, for more bonds and, you know. Uh, so, you know, you've got to, the political process is tough and, and, and climbing that, you know, um, getting through the process of the, the committee, et cetera, is always really hard and difficult and there's a lot of competing interests. And so, uh, but yeah, I think we, we have to give it, you know, another try so that we can get phase two. And I think we, I think we really need, it's the time is, is you know, has, it's probably right to begin now to, to look at a future bond election to really do a concerted effort because I don't think in this current one uh, there'll be anything um, attributed. I don't think there is. I'd have to look at it because I haven't seen the results of what the committee recommended and if council has approved yet. Uh, but I know that I didn't, I don't recall seeing anything for the MAC. I know Mexicarte had put in a pitch to get additional dollars to, to try to break ground and, and do the building. So, uh, but I don't even know if, if it's going to stick, you know, yeah. because it's, again, they cut down the total amount of the bonds because of, of the, you know, the pressures and just saying, you know, we, we can't afford it. And um, so we'll see, hopefully the economy will turn around, things will get better and we'll be able to, um, you know, put forth an effort uh, in future elections. But I, I think we really need to do that to at least try to build, build phase two. Do you think if uh, Mexic Arte goes again that they'll have any obstacles in building their new building, their museum? 
You mean if it goes on on and it gets the bond money? Well, you know, we've progressed and there's been a lot of good developments. We've, we've I know while I was on the board, while I was president, we tried a lot of different tax and most recently, We've been able to, you know, because I, I did with the city the negotiations for the contract from the last election. We went through a year of trying to get just a contract to implement that. Um, but in, but since then, you know, there have been some, um, you know, some federal dollars that are, have become available through through uh, other sources, economic development sources. And so, you know, there's been new developments. And so inching along incrementally and most recently that, we, they, we announced at the last uh, gala that we just had was, you know, the selection of an architect from Mexico and, you know, and the vision. And, but challenges, the money, you know, we've got to, you know, you need, still need, you know, getting bond money is going to be a, a small portion of it. There's still a big gap to fill as well. So raising that money from, you know, the community and the private sector you know, is going to be a challenge. So those are, those are the obstacles and the challenges. But like I said, we've been incrementally making progress and I think in the last uh, three to four years well since the 2006 election we've made we've made good strides uh, mm -hmm. so we're that much closer but it's still there's still a lot of work to do yeah and that's all of my questions is there anything you wanted to add for about the MAC or about Mexicarte mm, well just that um, there are two institutions that provide a lot of, um, of great services for the city and um, there are opportunities for our community and I don't mean just the Hispanic community I mean I think the community at large to to learn um, they're, they're great educational you know venues for education and cultural awareness and uh, and the bringing together of, of different cultures to learn about and learn to appreciate uh, each other's cultures so I, I think both institutions really uh, provide that opportunity to our city, and they're um, they're great additions to the city of Austin. They're um, you know they they bring economic value to the city, um, and I, I you know I think we as a community need to to help tell that story and um, to have other people learn and appreciate the value that these institutions bring to the community. We are doing that, and I think there's a broader awareness now, and that the that it, it does um, provide um, opportunities for more than just the Latino community. Yeah. So uh, just by doing a lot of cross-cultural events. So I think it's, it's uh, we've made a lot of progress in that. And uh, I, think, uh, I think both the center and um, the museum have really raised a lot of awareness in the community. But you know, like I said, we still have to do more. But I think we've, we've come a long way and uh, they're very, valuable institutions for the city of Austin, and I, I think uh, they're appreciated, but they need to be more appreciated. <laughs> I agree with you. And I'm supported. A, I'm a product of one of those education programs. I'm interning there this summer, and so I've been learning so much and having oh, fun. Great. That's great. That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know, just, and even just, you know, Mexicarte serving as an ambassador, uh, to the community at large and doing the trips to Mexico. I mean, that's one of been the great, I, you know, things that we've been that we've been able to do is take those you know tours of the museums in Mexico City, so that folks here are you know made aware of the art of Mexico and the yeah. programs that we brought in. And then also they serve these institutions serve as a great venue and, and a, 
form of expression for the, for, for the youth of the city and you know to not just learn about their culture but to learn how to express themselves through art yeah. and um, find you know value and self-esteem through the process not just cultural heritage you know cultural identity but also just being able to uh, see what they can do you know and, and so that it's been a great way to teach kids that you know that they uh, they can create they can be creative and you know we've served you know with our totally cool totally art the program that I told you about that we do for the city of Austin in order to pay for the building you know that reaches out to communities the, the education programs we do at Indo Springs you know for the kids there um, are, are are big you know bring a big value I think to the city and then also just um, the young Latino artists having a place where you know, young artists can have a place to have their works exhibited mm -hmm. and to, to provide uh, them with an opportunity to, you know, promote their work and, you know, and to share that with others and to show, you know, yeah. that art is always evolving, you know, Mexican art isn't just piñatas and, you know, folk art, yeah. it's about, you know, great abstract art, good stuff. And so some of the exhibits that they come are totally wild and crazy and like <laughs> we'll see on Friday yeah. <laughs> can't wait to see the you know what they're gonna come up with yes, it looks really nice so you know and there are it, it's always evolving art that's what it is you know it's all about bringing cultures together uh, you know and what it means to individuals from the Latin you know Latino heritage to to be experience the US and or to just uh, or just whatever express themselves Anyway, I'm rambling now, but uh, <laughs> but I just think they're both uh, institutions of, of of great value to the community. So they need to be, you know, we need to continue to work on uh, getting you know them built, um, having you know great homes so that they can have the the proper um, the proper uh, buildings to be able to showcase the programs, the caliber of programs that we actually do provide. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Thank you You're for welcome. your interview. This is now the end of the interview. <laughs> <laughs>